is the Mulberry Lane Show. The Mulberry Lane Show. Exclusive interviews, fun, music, celebrities. Your weekend getaway. Now, here's Mulberry Lane, Rachel, Bo, and Ellie Cat. Be a part of the family. Hey guys, your radio sisters are in the house, in your car, wherever you are. That's right. It's Allie along with Rachel and Bo, and it's time for the Mulberry Lane Show. I'm so glad you guys are along for the ride today. Like Allie said, whatever you're doing, bring us along with you for the next hour. We promise to give you some holiday cheer, some interesting gift ideas, and a heart full of music. Sounds good to me. Okay, sisters, let's get to those guests. The Mulberry Lane Show's on. Celebrity story songs. You're going to have it going on when we tell you who's stopping by now. Well, it's acapella singing sensation, Peter Hollins. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. Now, you might know him from the acapella singing competition, NBC's The Sing-Off, or maybe you subscribe to his hit YouTube channel. Yes, I think now he's up to 1.5 million subscribers. That's not too shabby. Well, Peter Hollins is here to chat his most recent album, Hollins Family Christmas. He shares some awesome behind-the-scenes secrets on how to make a living off of your music or art endeavor. It's a creator revolution, and you need to be a part of it. Gotta love Peter. Okay, Rachel, who else? Well, then you guys are going to meet multiple Dove-nominated singer-songwriter and respected author Andrew Greer. Now, he's here to talk about several things today, one of which is his brand new talk show and podcast, along with his friend Mark Lowry, and it's called Dinner Conversations with Mark Lowry and Andrew Greer. They sit down and chat with a lot of today's Christian artists and talk about some of today's tough subjects. And it's all around dinner conversation and community. He's also here to talk about his holiday album, An Angel Band Christmas, which features a lot of traditional hymns. And he's got a brand new book out. So a lot to talk about with Andrew Greer. So sit right there. That's coming up pretty soon. Sisters, who's next? Well, then we change gears with Alicia Malone. Now, Alicia is best known from Entertainment Tonight, Access Hollywood, and she's a host on Filmstruck. She's here to give you some holiday movie previews, and she also has some great ideas for movie lovers this season, including a special free Roku offer. So I love mine, so you gotta check this out. And finally, in our holiday music spotlight this week, you're going to meet a guy who has always wanted to make music, and he's finally made his dream come true. So if music has been on your back burner for a while, you're going to want to listen to this guy, how he finally put together his dream holiday song, Tom Grula of Hicks Brothers, proving that it's never too late to make your creative dream come true. Okay, Allie, I hear you had another shopping mishap this week. I'm sensing a little bit of a trend here. I think this might be due to the fact that I do a lot of my holiday shopping online at like 3 o'clock in the morning when I'm really sleepy. Okay, that's probably not a good time to shop. No, it's like the only time I have. But this is a good one. So this one actually has to do with my daughter Clover's birthday. She turns five on Monday. And for the birthday, I was ordering some party cups and some little party trays. So I found a good deal on Amazon with about 30 party cups and party trays, just what I was looking for. And I ordered this a couple of weeks ago. And just last night I said to my husband, Dave, I'm like, I ordered these party cups and party trays and they haven't come yet. And it's not like them to take that long. No. 
And he was like, well, I'll log into Amazon and just see what's going on for you. And he's like, okay, they were delivered, but they were delivered to Vienna, Virginia. And that's where our cousin Rod lives. And so what had happened was I had just ordered his Christmas gift on Amazon. And I forgot to I forgot to switch the address. So I randomly sent my cousin Rod 30 party cups and 30 party trays. So have you heard from him? No, that's the weird thing is he didn't even call, but he maybe he thought it was like his, his Christmas gift. And he was like, well, I don't want to call and say, why'd you send me this? Because maybe he thought I was sending him like cups and trays for a Christmas gift. So anyway, I left him a message and I was like, like, okay, I'm going to explain this odd thing you got in the mail. So, okay, this is like strike two on Allie's online ordering over the holiday season. I'm looking forward to strike three. <laughs> if you end up accidentally sending something to my address, make sure it's something really good, okay? <laughs> I won't be sending you party cups. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to keep up the party theme. We're going to be right back with Peter Holland's YouTube sensation. He's going to tell you about his new latest Christmas album. So stay right here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. We've got you covered. The Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, you might know him from the acapella singing competition, NBC's The Sing-Off, or maybe you subscribe to his hit YouTube channel. Peter Hollins is here to chat his album, Hollins Family Christmas, and the business side of music. Peter Hollins here on our show. Acapella magic ready, set, here we go. <laughs> Thank you so much. I just feel like I should sing back. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, great to have you with us. Oh, I'm honored to be here. Okay, so now let's go back to the beginning. You co-founded the University of Oregon's all-male acapella group On The Rocks. So what prompted the foray into acapella music? Ah, uh, you know what? I heard a cassette tape when I was in middle school of an acapella group at BYU, and I was like, this is the coolest. I want to be an acapella group when I go to college, and so I decided to start one. You know, your timing was just perfect, because that was just about when the whole acapella scene kind of exploded. You know what? It's definitely gotten much more popular thanks to Glee and Pentatonics and this yeah. thing off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, you, in your YouTube channel, you release new music every other week. So talk about the behind the scenes of how that gets done and your process. Sure. Yeah. Well, my process is crazy. I mean, I usually have about 17 or 18 different projects going on at once. From concept to execution, I will, like, reverse engineer something. Okay. Think of, like, how I'm going to title it, what the thumbnail is going to look like. Like, I really deep dive into the marketing aspects. Before I start something, I'll be literally asking my supporters for months of what they want to hear. And if something gets over a thousand requests, then I start arranging that song. And then I record myself, and then I send it off to my editing team and like the mixing engineers. And then, I mean, I used to all do this all myself. And then after it's mastered, you know, we'll conceptualize a visual distribution way of, of doing it. So I usually create uh, simplistic performance videos because I feel like the audience gravitates to people's faces so like i like looking directly into the camera because it's like i'm looking directly into the soul of people watching it and i feel like that's the best way i can make a connection i've done a video for every single song and so i have 13 or 14 music videos wow. which is crazy that's which incredible. is crazy for me so now that you have kind of a team that helps you would you say that you are busier now or were you busier in the beginning you know it's a very fascinating i would say in the beginning i thought i was busy okay before i had my son 
I mean, I was pulling upwards of 110 hours a week. Wow. And I, truly, I'm, I'm the CEO of a digital media company. I have yes. 19 part-time contractors. I have two full-time employees. I know I'm creating the educational arm of my business because I really want to inspire and educate my peers to be able to succeed and okay. create for a living because I feel like that's the best way to change the world. But I'm for sure the most busy now. Like the second I'm done working, you know, then I'm a husband and a father, like immediately. After having done everything, you know, the editing and the recording and everything by yourself, was it hard to let that go? I think the 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old me would have said, heck yes. Uh-huh. But since I'm like a grizzled old 30-year-old something, <laughs> something um, I know the unlimited potential of working with other people who are just truly more intelligent or more talented at different facets of my business. And so I like to look at myself like a Silicon Valley startup and expedite my workflow and okay. have the better end result. Singer-songwriter and media entrepreneur Peter Hollins here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Like you said, you've collaborated with a lot of artists, a lot of creative people. What has been your favorite collaboration? The piano guys have really been such a, a terrific influence on me. Couldn't have done acapella with the piano guys. I'm so excited about getting out of that genre okay. slowly because every single original I create from now on will actually have an instrumental version and an acapella version because it's just such a beautiful palette. One of the songs I wrote on my Christmas album that I think you know is actually getting played uh, nationwide. I'm finally getting played on Sirius for the first time, and it's instrumental. You know, and uh, most people just won't play acapella on the radio, and so I created two different versions for the album, and and the one that's instrumental, just like I thought it would, it's getting way more attention. And yeah. I'm like, okay, well, interesting. Yeah. Can't beat them, join them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and can you talk about your collaboration with Lindsey Sterling? Yeah. That went really well for you. Yeah, well, collaborating with Lindsey changed my mindset initially from seeing artists as competition, which is kind of what the industry almost forces us to think, that kind of jump-started me into collaborating, into changing my mindset from taking to giving. Mm-hmm. Now, talk about how your crowdfunding platform that you use, Patreon, how does that work for you? Patreon basically saved me from my record label deal. It allowed me to okay. get the heck out of that. Think about the power that a platform like Patreon gives to anyone who creates to be able to have a salary for the first time. Because this creator revolution we are in is only snowballing. It's the number one company I've found is Patreon. I mean, a 95-5 split. Because people look at it like a Kickstarter that never ends, like in very basic rudimentary terms. terms. Truthfully, like, I look at it as much more than just like a support mechanism for my creation. We're in this thank you economy. People want to give back, right? It allows the people who care the most to have a closer relationship with me and truly affect what I do and change my life and in turn I can be closer to them and and hopefully have a better mechanism to change and affect their life in a positive way and I call the people who watch and digest my content and love what I do my Holland family because truly they are my family because without them I wouldn't really be anywhere. All I really need are these like 4,000 people on Patreon that are really like changing my life. It's changing the whole model of how you know, music is made or how creativity is brought to the market. And it's giving us our control back. Yeah. Like Get rid of any middleman. I built my entire business without a manager, without an agent. You only need truly like 500 people that actually believe in what you do to like make a living doing it. You just need to be smart. You have to be an entrepreneur. You have to be a businessman and you have to run yourself like a business. In the end, there's no excuses anymore. You can take 
anything you create from the beginning concept to the end execution by learning everything in the middle. Guess what? If we learn chemistry and geometry and all the crap that does not help us in life, <laughs> unless you really become a scientist or you love right. teaching geometry, then there's no reason at all that you can't teach yourself how to record yourself, that you can't teach yourself how to work a camera, how to work iMovie. Because guess what? If I can do it, you can do it. Just stop thinking that the old way of like, I'm going to go into a bar and I'm going to sing or I'm going to go songwrite and someone's going to hear my song. Like, first of all, don't be a songwriter right now because there's no way to, to make money. But there are terrific mechanisms for you to make money now as an artist. Don't for a second believe the hype and the clickbait crap articles that are telling you that Spotify doesn't pay artists. Guess what? They pay artists. All these streaming sites actually pay. You know who they're not paying? They're not paying songwriters very well because the way our government's set up. The tech uh -huh. companies are actually going to be taking us to the next golden era of music. You can do it. You can make a living from home anywhere you want. Just spend your time creating a content digitally so that it lives on everything I've created. Like, I make a terrific living. I'm more, more than I ever thought I would. I'm sure this is so inspiring for the artists who are listening right now. 98% of people still believe that the old paradigm actually has value. The labels, as we know it, they're like freaking the heck out because they're really providing no value to anyone but themselves, right. and they're just taking and taking and taking. Don't sign contracts with anyone. Yeah. The only person and team member you need is a damn good lawyer, truly. <laughs> so true. Mm -hmm. Before we let you go, we better talk about the Holland's Family Christmas album. So <laughs> yeah. I'd just like to say something about that album. Okay. That album is literally the best thing I've ever created and I'm actually really good at taking a step back and trying to be unbiased. Other than like Michael Buble and like maybe a few other artists, like that's the best Christmas album of the year. Yeah. I'm sorry. That is a darn good album. Really, really, really good. And Isn't I, that you know, nice like, though when you can objectively say that about your own work and you feel really proud of it and you really feel like you've done something special. That's awesome. I just think that there's something in there for everyone. That's great. Okay, now Peter, you're going to have to come back when the book is out. I'm in. Awesome. All right, Peter, thanks for the great words singer and producer Peter Hollins. Well, we want to keep you in the holiday spirit. Going to play a song from Peter's new album, A Hollins Family Christmas. Here's December song. We'll be right back with singer-songwriter Andrew Greer. Keep it here with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show. Why can we just hold on to celebrities, and everything in between. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. Andrew Greer is a six-time Dove Award-nominated singer-songwriter and now host of the podcast and YouTube series Dinner Conversations with Mark Lowry and Andrew Greer. Now, Andrew is here now to give you a behind-the-scenes look at the series, plus the new music, Angel Band, the hymn sessions, and the Christmas sessions. Dinner Conversations with Andrew Greer. Pull up a chair and learn about it all right here. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I should be like... Mulberry show is done. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not that quick on my feet, though. <laughs> you Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah it's, it's great, great to have you here. So you have to tell us how the concept for Dinner Conversations that you're doing with Mark Lowry, how yeah, that came awesome. like around. 
you know, Mark uh, has been around in gospel music and in comedy for a long time. Right. And I mean, even when I was growing up, so I knew of Mark, but we sat down for a conversation ourselves for uh, another publication. And so I was acting as the host and he was the interviewee. Okay. And we just had a conversation that, uh, which I love doing. I love facilitating good conversation and listening and asking questions based on what you're hearing to take the conversation to new places. And and that's what happened for both of us. Not only he said afterwards, there were things and thoughts that came out of my mouth and ideas that I didn't even know were in there, you know. And So you brought and, that and, out in him, really? Well, I guess so. And at the same time, he prompted questions to me based on his answers that mm. were new questions. And so we started to think about that whole idea of conversation, how culturally right now we're having a lot of difficulty actually having conversations, valuing someone's voice right across the table, even if we don't agree. And there's an ebb and a flow. And then the dinner component of it is, well, where did the best conversations begin? Like when we were growing up, for many of us, it was around food and around the table because that's a real sweet spot of communion, I think, for humanity. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a spiritual thing. So we were like, we could address any topic in the world if we just have food and people who are generous to each other in their conversation, anything can be brought up and people can hear it. Uh, we don't have to raise our voices over each other and compete for the space, but we can actually just talk through things. So like in the first season, we talked about everything from addiction to grief to blended families to adoption to race in the church. So like we cover all these things, but we're having fun and we're laughing and it shows that it can be done, better. and you can yeah. have serious, in-depth conversations without, you know, making the other person feel invalidated or small. It's difficult if we're a culture that is very inward-focused, and the fact is, I think humanity is inward-focused by nature, yeah. but I think culturally we find that a lot more because our conversations, quote-unquote, are even one-sided. I don't think technology is bad. I don't think Facebook is bad or any of that. But we do have to recognize and be aware that how we're exercising conversation in those formats is very one-sided. It's not listening and being heard. Right. It's just asking to be heard. Right, and it's also so, dehumanizing because you don't see that person in front of you. Yes, and think about it. When someone's in front of you face-to-face, you're actually thinking through what you say before you say it. And I think we're more just empathetic and compassionate towards what someone else is saying and their circumstances and vice versa when there's a face. And I think what is so important about community, and of course, for our first season, we invited the guests we had, were friends, trusting each other, respecting each other, loving each other. And so we can just start at a whole nother level, you know, because there's already trust built. Yeah. So talk about some of the guests you have had on and who will be coming up in this season. So we started out with, again, some comedians, Shonda Pierce, Sandy Patty, who's a gospel music legend, because right. she has a huge blended family and speaks really articulately about that and going back to her divorce and remarriage. Yeah, just this week we had the Point of Grace Girls on kind of talking about scripture and what is the role of scripture. Yeah, so you really cover a lot. You're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show. With you right now is singer-songwriter Andrew Greer talking about his new project, Conversations with Andrew Greer and Mark Lowry. You know, you have been interviewed many times as an artist and as a singer-songwriter. So switching positions, and you're asking the questions. What has that been yeah. like for you? You know, I've always loved it. I probably hijacked many of my interviews when I was an interviewee. Yeah. Just because I like to talk, but I also, there's things I'm curious about, you know. Uh-huh. 
it's been, for me, a very natural and exciting thing. I grew up with a dad who was a therapist and I have a wonderful relationship with him. He asked us, even as kids, questions like, well, how do you feel about that? What do you think about that? About adult things that were happening in the world around us. So I think I kind of was trained to ask someone else, well, here's what I think, but what do you think? You uh-huh. know? Yeah, and, which um, is so important. And I think that it can be a lost art in today's society. Yes. And it is an art to some degree. We have to practice it. I don't know that anyone naturally listens well. Right. (laughs) I just don't know. Especially as a single person without immediate family, you know, in my household, I could really get wrapped up in my own head. So important to have the accountability Uh of just presence and of community. Right. Right. Well, and you know, don't you also think that as an artist and as a songwriter and author, you are always coming up with content and creating things. So a lot of times you are thinking Mm -hmm. about yourself, your own feelings, as all artists Mm -hmm. do. And I think it's particularly mm-hmm. very easy for artists to become so self-absorbed. So I think it's something yeah. that artists in particular have to put an extra emphasis on other people mm-hmm. to stay sane. Yeah, you have to think about it, right? Like, I mean, you know, this, there's a certain amount of self-absorption that is important for inspiration. It's okay to go inward because that's where, you know, our most inner thoughts and feelings and in places, uh, sometimes other people don't go to connect to themselves, and so yes. we go there to help them connect to themselves in that way, or to God, or to people around them. But so we have to remember to come out. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's what you're. That's where you're going to get work done. Right. But then you come out to play. <laughs> exactly, and it, it's it's good to remember true. that you have to come out to play. Otherwise, you get too into <laughs> <Yeah>. yourself. <laughs> right. So yeah. now, Andrew, you just released a book called "Winds of Heaven: Stuff of Earth." So, what inspired the book? This is my second book. This one came to me from a publisher here in town. There's a Christian artist, Rich Mullins, who died 20 years ago this fall. Uh, who made a profound impact not only in gospel music, but kind of in the theological world. Just a spiritual thinker, and, you know, many in the audience uh, might be familiar with him. And he wrote some of the biggest songs for the church that are still happening now. So he was kind of a renegade, kind of a rebel, definitely was having conversations of inclusivity and things like that way before that was being talked about. So anyway, they said there's been great biographies about him and all that kind of stuff. But what we want to do is take him into a new generation of people who may not have heard of him. Let's take his ideas, his kind of his heartbeat, and let's let that live on. And he died of a tragic car accident mm. at 41. Anytime that happens, I think anytime someone who's influential dies young from a tragedy, it kind of puts them in stone, you know, puts a marker there, yes. uh, and they live on in people's lives. So that's what we did. It's called Winds of Heaven, Stuff of Earth, but the subtitle, Spiritual Conversations, inspired by the life and lyrics of Rich Mullins. I wrote it very devotional style. There's short chapters, kind of essays, and then we had a ton of people contribute. Amy Grant did the Ford. They were good friends. And then had newer artists like Andrew Peterson and Sarah Groves, Brandon Heath, Third Day, whatever, come. I, I kind of crafted with them some Q&As and some Neat. essays. You know, yeah. so it was still more conversation. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. well, yes, there's a theme here. <laughs> yeah. And now let's, before we let you go, let's talk about the new music. You have Angel Band, you have the hymn sessions, and then the Christmas sessions. So talk yeah. a little bit about the hymns you chose for the hymn album and the yeah. songs you chose for the Christmas album. Well, hymns were definitely my first conversations with God. I think when I was a child, music is what first connected me on a spiritual level to something outside of me, and uh, hymns were a big part of that. So hymns, even as a songwriter, hymns are as true to my experience as 
some of the songs I've written, you know, even for me to perform or songs I've written for other people. So in American culture, it's historical. So you don't even have to be a Christian or of a certain faith to have been influenced by the hymns. It's an earthy part of our musical heritage. I just chose some that I felt like spoke of a broad range of that Americana folk type feel. Okay. Had some guests on it that are very bluegrass Americana and had some gospel feel to it. With a Christmas record, it continued that the hymns really resonated with people and the way we stylized them and uh-huh. put a couple original on there. So we just continued that with the Christmas one. They're Christmas hymns, really. Mm, There's I some original that. on there, but again, that Americana folk style with collaborations with just Nashville people I love because I just don't think you can do music alone. Right. Mm-hmm. It is a community effort, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's the other theme here, conversations and community. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Thank you for the alliteration. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. And then where can people find you? Sure. Well, I'll start with the podcast. You can go to your podcast app. If you're on an iPhone, that's your purple podcast app or any phone. Search Dinner Conversations, subscribe, and you can watch. There's an audio version. There's a video version. We love the video version because it's special. You can search Dinner Conversations on YouTube as well or go to dinner dash conversations.com and same with my name go to andrew-greer.com and you'll find whatever okay yeah andrew we would love to continue the conversation down the road thank you please let's do it again (laughs) all right y'all are wonderful yeah take care it's great getting to know you yes you too thanks so much thanks andrew take care that's six-time Dove Award-nominated singer-songwriter Andrew Greer here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Keep it right here. Up next, Alicia Malone. She hosts Filmstruck, and she's going to give you a preview of the holiday movie season. Keep it right here with your radio sisters. We'll be right back. Mary, And a lamb kept time per you covered the mulberry lane show now here's mulberry lane thanks for keeping it here on the mulberry lane show brought to you by braddock finnegan dermatology alicia malone is reported from the red carpets of the emmys the golden globes and the oscars having interviewed nearly every movie star you can name she hosts filmstruck and she's here today to give you a preview on the holiday movie season and she's also got a great gift idea for that film buff on your list Welcome, welcome to the show, Alicia Malone. I love that. It's so cool to get sung onto a show. That's never happened before. Thank you. (laughs) Well, glad we could be the first. So now you got to tell us what's in store for the upcoming holiday movie season. What are we in for? Well, if you go out to the theaters, you get a great mixture of blockbusters like Star Wars, The Last Jedi, musicals like The Greatest Showman, Pitch Perfect 3, 
Or you can get the fantastic Oscar award season movies like The Post with Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks or The Shape of Water, which is a great monster film. Lady Bird is one that I love with Saoirse Ronan, directed by Greta Gerwig, a coming-of-age story. Or you can stay at home in the comfort of your own home and watch Filmstruck, which I describe as the Netflix for cinephiles. It's got the best movies from all over the world, so you don't have to leave your house if you don't want to. (laughs) And it's from all eras as well. Yeah, from all eras, they've got classic films, you've got contemporary films, indie films, art house films, those hard to find cult classics. So I just rewatched The Apartment for the millionth time, okay. a movie, a classic movie that I absolutely love. There's also a great section right now called Couture de Cinema, which is fashion on film, and they have a selection of movies like Blow Up. Bill Cunningham, New York, which is a wonderful documentary that came out a couple of years ago. There's a whole range. I I lose hours just watching so many movies on Filmstruck. (laughs) So now how do we get Filmstruck for someone who would like to subscribe? Yeah, if you go to filmstruck.com, you can see all the pricing and the details and you can sign up there. But a great gift idea if you're looking for something for a movie lover in your life, they're offering a one-year subscription for $99. That gives you access to thousands of films that are constantly refreshed plus extra features like mini documentaries and interviews and then you also get a free Roku Express. Okay. So you can plug it in and watch Filmstruck right away. So now do you need the Roku to watch Filmstruck? You can watch it on Roku or you can also watch it on Apple TV or Amazon Fire or even on your computer or your phone. Pretty much any way that you like to watch movies or like to watch some things like Netflix you can get Filmstruck. Okay. You've interviewed just about every Hollywood actor on the red carpet. So any favorite (laughs) interviews that you've done that really were special for you? I have to say Oprah. You know, I got to sit down with Oprah and it was only four minutes and I was the 47th interview for her that day. Uh I was so nervous because I thought, what am I doing interviewing Oprah? She's the best interviewer in the world. And just having four minutes. I know. It was like, there's no time. I've got so much to ask her. But I walked in, I was nervous, and then they said, this is Alicia Malone from Australia, and all I heard was, Australia! (laughs) (laughs) She came over and gave me a huge hug, and straight away I was put at ease, and she's so attentive and wonderful. That was such a great experience. A highlight for you. So any awkward moments? Plenty, plenty of awkward moments. I used to put together reels of all the awkward moments I've had with celebrities. So much has happened (laughs) me putting my foot in the mouth. Um, I remember one time I was on the red carpet and I was live and I wanted to do, you know, a fist bump uh, just to be cool. And I couldn't think of of what it was called. And so I said, uh, fist me, which um, didn't go (laughs) very well. And then another time, just talking to Tommy Lee Jones, who is a difficult one to interview, and I tend to ramble when I'm nervous, so I was just telling him about my haircut, and I wasn't sure about it, and I was like, what am I saying? But he was actually quite nice in the end, but so many awkward moments. So funny. Australian host of Filmstruck, Alicia Malone is here, giving you the scoop on the holiday movies, here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Talk about your background. How did you come to Filmstruck? Well, so as you can tell from my accent, I am from Australia and I grew up loving movies, especially classic movies and foreign films. And I tried to start a film club when I was at high school and no one wanted to join it. And so I started working in television in Australia and interviewing celebrities on the red carpet and all about film. And then I decided in 2010 to move over to America and try my luck in Hollywood. 
And when I arrived, I didn't know anyone, and I would put on TCM, Turner Classic Movies, because it felt like home watching okay. a classic movie. Uh-huh. And I wrote down on my goal list, this was seven years ago, one day I'm going to work with TCM. And now, flash forward, now with Thumbstruck, I get to work with Turner Classic Movies and with the Criterion Collection, two brands that I love. So it really is a dream job, and I count myself so lucky that I get to work with these guys. So now, did you audition for your part or your role? I did. I auditioned, and I went to Atlanta for the audition where TCM is based. So I saw on the makeup room, they had a sign, and it had the TCM logo, and then it had my name. And so I said to them, I'm sorry, I know this is really dorky, but I have to take a picture of this because I feel like if nothing else happens, if I don't get this job, I feel like I made it, I achieved my goal. And that was what you had written down as your goal. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh So it was so great. And and now I've been working with them for just over a year and it's been wonderful. Okay, so now what is a typical day like for you? A typical day, it varies so much. So yesterday I did a satellite media tour where I talked to 22 different stations. Today I'm doing the radio media tour, which is really fun. And then I was in Atlanta on Monday filming for Filmstruck. And so what I do for Filmstruck is I do intros for the movies. So when you go onto Filmstruck and you're not sure whether you want to watch a film or not, you can look at the hosted intro. So I pop up there and I'll tell you some facts about the film and I shoot a bunch of them in one day. And that's really fun. And then do you do all the research and everything yourself? I do. I mean, I have a lot of help that they have researchers and writers, but I do do a lot of it myself because I love to inject my own views on the films Uh into these intros and also try and watch as many films as humanly possible. (laughs) So when we watch you, we know you've seen the film and what you're saying you really have researched and know. Exactly. You Uh know that it's definitely all coming from me and all coming from my heart. Before we let you go, do you have an all-time favorite movie? Oh, yeah. Rear Window by Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, Again, this was a film I watched when I was really young, and it really was the gateway into me realizing that there was someone who made movies, a director, uh and that classic films could be really fun, and I could study each shot of the movie and figure out exactly what it was trying to say. It sucks me in every time. I love it. Uh And then where can people learn more about you and also Filmstruck? Oh, for Filmstruck, if you go to filmstruck.com, you can get all the information you need. And then for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Alicia Malone. And I always keep that updated with all the things that I'm doing. All right. Well, Alicia, we want to thank you for joining the show. It's really great to get a peek into your life. Thank you so much. Lovely to talk to you. That's Alicia Malone of Filmstruck. Check it out at filmstruck.com. Next up, holiday music spotlight, the Hicks Brothers. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Here's Mulberry Lane. Well, guys, for your holiday playlist, a Hicks Brothers Music Christmas. Now, joining your weekend right now, Tom Grula of Hicks Brothers Music is going to tell you all about the song called Angels Gloria. Welcome, welcome, Tom Grula of Hicks Brothers. It's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm thrilled. Awesome. It's great to have you on. So now you have to tell the story behind Hicks Brothers, because it's actually not a music group. It's a music store. Here's the fact of the matter. All my life, I wanted to record some songs, and the Hicks Brothers Music Store is only about a mile from my house. I know they have a recording studio there. When I came up with some of these songs, I said, well, by golly, 
That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to record them, but I need help. And so I asked uh, the different Hicks brothers if they could play on this and help me record it. And they all very graciously said yes. But then I said, I got no name. I'm not really a band here. So we just called it Hicks Brothers Music. That's the name of their store. Why not? Awesome. So now the song is called Angels Gloria, and it's kind of a version of Angels We Have Heard on High. So talk a little bit about how the arrangement came together. Well, I'll tell you exactly how it came together. A lifelong goal of mine had been to make a Christmas album. So I came up with some songs, and I did need one more. Three of them I wrote, they're the originals for me. And so I was thinking about it, and I always, always loved this uh, hymn, Angels We Have Heard On High. Yes. Uh, in fact, it's probably one of everyone's favorites. Classic, you know, to, yeah. I can remember even going to midnight services, like on Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. and you couldn't wait to get to that song. That's true. Uh-huh. And it was a lot of fun to sing. It's a wonderful song. I love the message. But when I was a kid, quite frankly, it always mystified me that if you sing the Gloria part, you're supposed to spell out the name, right? <laughs> That's how it is on the record. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was a, a big hit back in the day. Okay. So I thought, well, all right. I don't know if anybody's ever thought of that or done it before, but I'll do it. So I did that just to make it a little bit different. And then I also added a, a segment, you know, kind of a bridge, if you will. Uh-huh. Because I could only remember the first verse in the chorus. (laughs) So (laughs) I I needed more. You had Uh, to add a little bit. I had to add a little bit. And so it's a very simple thing, but I just added a little bit in that bridge, and there we were. Okay, so how long did it take you to record? Well, because we all have different things to do, the Hicks Brothers have their music store to own and run, and I've got a job and, and, a, and a family and stuff. Probably ended up being spread out over several months. Okay. We just say, yeah, I can come by next week for an hour. You had to get all those different it. people together at the same time. Yes. We did our best. Uh-huh. You, you guys know how it goes. Oh, oh yeah. Do what you need to do. Exactly. But we had a great time doing it. It was so much fun. And these guys are so good. And also, we recruited a young lady. That I wanted a female singer. Yes, I love it. I, I would have invited you guys, but maybe it was too far for you. I don't know. <laughs> so we're in Illinois, right? That's right. Okay. Uh, Aurora, Illinois. Aurora, Illinois. Okay. Yeah. And um, we put it all together. I was so happy with it. And so we put it out on a CD, really just to share with friends and family at first. But anybody that wants to listen to it is more than welcome to and it. And where can people it. find it? It's on Spotify, it's on iTunes, it's on Apple Music, it's on Amazon, worldwide, globally. What I did was I got in touch, I think you know Laura from Star One, Uh Laura Patterson, Uh and they've been very, very helpful, and they're promoting this thing, and they got me onto your show. I appreciate all they've done, and they got it on all these different music services, and it's all over the world. So That's exciting. Yes, it's so exciting. I mean, you guys know the feeling. Oh, yeah. But for me, it's a dream come true. It's a thrill. And you have your Christmas album. I have my Christmas yes. album. That's right. Oh. Me and Johnny Mathis. Yes, that's right. Birds of a feather right there. <laughs> I love it. Well, okay, Tom, we want to thank you for joining the show, telling us all about the album. It's a Hicks Brothers Music Christmas. Check out Angels Gloria. Probably the only version that spells out Gloria, right? Well, uh, to my knowledge. Okay. <laughs> we shall see, I guess. But uh, I hope everybody likes it. I hope they have fun with it. It's just meant to be enjoyed. That's all. Okay, Tom, Merry Christmas, and thanks for stopping by. Thanks to you guys. Merry Christmas to you, too, and happy holidays, and good luck with everything, and thanks for having me. Okay, we'll thanks, catch up Tom. down the road, Tom. That's Tom Grula with the Hicks Brothers.
Hicks Brothers. Thanks for stopping by the Mulberry Lane Show today and talking about your new Christmas single. Thanks, Tom. Rachel, who else do we need to thank? A big holiday hug to Peter Hollins. Make sure you check out a Hollins Family Christmas Deluxe Edition. And Peter, thanks for sharing your entrepreneurship story and your Christmas cheer. Allie, who else? Well, a big shout out to Andrew Greer. You guys know him as the multiple Dove Award winning singer-songwriter. Now you guys can check out his new talk show. You can catch it on YouTube or as a podcast, Dinner Conversations with Mark Lowry and Andrew Greer. And while you're at it, you might as well check out Andrew's Christmas album, An Angel Band Christmas. It features a lot of your favorite holiday hymns. Okay, sisters, who else do we have to thank? And a Hollywood thank you to Alicia Malone, who you know from Access Hollywood and the host of Filmstruck. Make sure you guys check out filmstruck.com. Thanks, Alicia, for sharing some holiday movie previews. And thanks for the great gift ideas for the film buff. And before we send you on your merry way today, we got to invite you to our Christmas concert. It's December 24th, 11 p.m. We sing an hour a cappella before midnight mass at the downtown Omaha Church, St. Mary Magdalene. It's an hour of a cappella Christmas songs, all your favorites, done in four-part harmony. And this hour is open to the public, all denominations. So come on down and share in the holiday joy. And our family tradition. Okay, Bo, stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, that's a wrap. Yeah.